Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church parenting podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today, I have my boss and uh, a friend of mine who works with me on the podcast today. You guys want to say what's up? What's up? My name's Megan. I'm an intern at the church. I'm also a college student and... I lead a small group of eighth grade girls. Yeah, you do. Sorry with those mugs, and they were in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my name is BJ, and I am Lucas's boss, and that's probably all I do. So he needs that. It is a, I do need. It's, I, a, it's a big job. It is a very big job for <laughs> such a small guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a small guy too, so it's okay. It is. It is. Well, tell us. I know BJ, you've been on the podcast before, Megan. You've not, but tell us. You know, whatever you want to let listeners know about yourselves, like maybe what you're passionate about, what you like to do in your free time, or about your families or significant others, and all that kind of stuff. So we want to know you a little bit. Go ahead. Megan. All right. Um, well, my name is Megan. Uh, I started interning at the church when right out of high school. And I interned for a year, and then COVID hit, so I took a break, um, but I'm back, and I'm super happy to be back. I love working um, with the students, and I absolutely love my small group girls. They're amazing, and I really, one of my biggest goals is to have the impact on them that my small group leaders had on me. They're my, I still talk to my small group leaders today and I'm, you know, a junior in college and I talk to them at least once a month and see them every Sunday. And, you know, it's amazing. And I just want to be that for them. And I want to see, you know, them be fruitful. Um, it was Leah and Laura, right? Mm -hmm. Both of those, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Leah Thompson and and Laura Shipley. They were amazing. Yeah. They were pretty great. Yeah. So those are classy ladies, right? Yes, they they are. are. Yes, they are. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say a few things about Megan that she won't say about herself it's uh that she's very servant-hearted and Mm -hmm. she's very driven and she takes care of things even before they need to be done like she's she is on top of it and so we appreciate you Megan yes we do yeah and I'm BJ um I'm the executive pastor of Next Generation Ministries here and uh I have a wife named Louisa, she's been on the podcast before, mm-hmm. and three boys, Colton, Barrett, and Riker, all under the age of 10 and over the age of 7. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy at our house. They're probably running around here somewhere <laughs> destroying something while I'm, <laughs> I'm speaking right now. So that's fun, but I love what I get to do. I love investing in people and talking about discipleship and uh, talking about church. So this is fun. Yeah. Are you and your wife done having kids, BJ? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yes. The answer is yes. And, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> how many times can I say yes? As many as you so desire, man. I Now, would your wife answer the same way? <laughs> she would probably say it many more times than I would. Okay. I just, yeah. question I'd like to ask. Lucas, not many people can handle the the amount of chaos that you can. And so um, we decided that our amount of chaos was two kids, and then we had a third one. <laughs> um, <laughs> to keep it spicy. Yeah, that's uh, that's where we landed. And then, well, yeah, we, we took care of business and said, we're not going to have any more kids as far as we know. For sure. No, no worries. No worries. I know Megan wants to eventually 
be married one day and have kids. Mm. I've heard you reference I would, uh, a few times. Love to be married. Do I want the kids? <laughs> I have enough in my youth ministry. You there's know, there's my a few. Small girl girls are mm. my girls. As I think that's Lord enough leads. kids for me. As the Lord leads, that's when yeah that would happen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, today on the podcast, we basically want to talk about college ministry stuff, mm-hmm. just kind of what's taking place and how it's going, um, and just to see, and even just, it's kind of a newer thing, you know, it's been a little bit yeah. in our church, I guess, and just want to have a conversation about college ministry stuff. And Megan, you're on because you, like, you're involved in it. Yes. And so... Um, and she helps lead as well. Yes. So that's not part of her job, but lead she does it in anyway. Quotes. No, not in quotes, for reals. She does help a lot, and she's great. Yes. So we just, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, it's something that is a great opportunity for us. I mean, us as a church, we value the next generation, and that includes, you know, not just kids and teenagers, and but also includes college-age students and y- young adults. And so we're pretty stoked to be able to have something going on for that that phase of life um, within our church. So, so just kind of just tell us a little bit about, like, what uh, – the college ministry right now that's taking place, like, you know, some of the details and logistics of that and, and just, uh, yeah, just so people know what's going on. Um, well, college ministry basically looks like a whole bunch of college aged, um, students gathering and, you know, being able to like read the word, eat some food and pray over each other. Um, I think those are three of the four goals that BJ has, uh, for every, I wish I could remember the fourth. Those are all very biblical prayer. goals. It was prayer. That's I said one. prayer. So we've got Acts two forty two, right? And, and they devoted themselves to four things: yes. the, the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread. So that's God's mm-hmm. word, and that's food. The fellowship. Fellowship. That that might have yes. been the one, but that's us just hanging out anyway. Yeah. And then prayer. So yeah. that's that's Acts two forty two. That's that's what I think every community needs. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever you gather together to to be a biblical community, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've been loving w- what's happening right now, and I think the the one thing that's coming up is um, it's not just college students; it's college aged humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the like because not everybody now is leaving high school and going straight into college, and yeah. some are going into the workforce, and and we don't we don't want to limit it to just people that have chosen to go the right. university route or, yeah. or something like that. We, we want there to be a place for people that are in this unique season of life where there's a transition usually from, from being under your parents' home to being outside of that, or at least gaining more of that freedom. And so we think that there's a unique ability to, to care for and serve and love one another in that particular community. And, and that's just something that hasn't been a part of Austin Oaks for about the past, you know, eight to ten years, somewhere in there. And yeah. and that that's not to say that God hadn't done amazing things in the college ministry here in the past with, you know, it, I mean, I, I know as far back as David Daniels and uh, Cheryl Fletcher and uh, Derek Baker and uh, Leslie May, um, Leslie Chang now, and uh, and then... Matt Blackwell and Trent Thompson and, and, and those guys, um, there, there's been a history of, of really good college ministry here at this church. And, you know, as a church grows and changes and 
the the college ministry kind of took a back seat and 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 then it it disappeared and and we're just thankful to to be bringing it back and mm-hmm. and seeing uh, what God has been doing in that community yeah. of people. So we're excited. Yeah, it's awesome. And it meets at your house, right, on Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights, eight to ten. Eight to my ten. House. And like, what type of food would if I was a college age student or a parent listening is like, I'm going to send my send my college age mug there to hang out. What kind of food would I expect to be present when I come through the doors of your house? That's the biggest question I have every, every week. Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> is like, yeah. what are we gonna eat? It's a big deal. Like, yeah, it is. It's a huge deal. We definitely, I think we've had like Mexican food. Like we had like fajitas and oh dang. Yeah, some like fried chicken, some Chick Fil A. I'm all in. Some I, pizza. I, leave me to the Lord right now. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, those are. We're we're so I like food. I, I lied yeah. earlier when I said I wasn't a very big person. Um, I love food, and uh, so trying to get good food is important. But what I consider good food and what you know, college aged people that is true consider a good mm-hmm. food mm-hmm. It might mm-hmm. be different. So that's why I always ask Megan over here, who's uh, a little bit younger than I am. By about divide my age by two. So, yeah, she might know more. She's got some wisdom to add to it. Mm. Yes. I love it. I love it. How can the, like, I often think sometimes, like, kids ministry and youth ministry, even college ministry, like, these are, like, viewed as, like, things that are over there taking place. Like, that's where the kids ministry is, and that's what they do, or the youth ministry, and they do their own thing. And, and that's not really the case, And but it can be viewed that way. But how can the church help support you guys? And, you know, obviously there's aspects of prayer, but is there any specific needs that you guys have right now or in the college ministry world or like, like what things does a church need to know about so that way that we can help support and be involved and know how to serve you guys and kind of what the Lord's kind of got you guys, you know, doing right now. One, know that we exist. That's, I think that's Mm. priority number one. Yeah. And then tell your friends about us. (laughs) Like, yeah. You know, if you know somebody in that that age bracket, send them our way. Maybe it's a spot that God would use to to connect with people, and and we would love that. But I do want to uh, say, like, I we never want to have a church where children's ministry does their own thing, students ministry does yeah. their own thing, college ministry does their own thing. We are all about Jesus together, and we're going to figure out how to do that together. And so, um, when when we're talking about inviting people to hey here are some of the needs we are coming under the the all the needs of our church going hey whatever god would do here like we understand if there's not enough resources to do something in ours and we're going to be willing to sacrifice and and likewise other ministries for us but um uh in this time i think that just knowing that the college ministry is here is probably priority number one yeah but then the next piece would be modeling what loving and worshiping Jesus would be. Oh man. Yes. Like, I mean, for, for God's people to just say, Hey, we're going to lead anybody that's here by just showing what it's like to worship Jesus and follow Jesus. Like, I mean, there's not going to be anything better to say, Hey, this is what we value the most other than us just giving our all to Jesus. Oh man. You know? And I think that, your love for Jesus, that our love for Jesus corporately would be contagious. Mm-hmm. So, Well, it's interesting because I, I was in college and, and last two years, Melissa and I we were close enough that we went to a church together. And I remember Moraine Valley Church in Palos Heights, Illinois. We, we went and, and this 
older couple. I mean, they may be in their forties, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember, but I was like 20, but, um, and they, 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 we didn't know anybody in this church. Like we walk in and, you know, we're just like, we're here together primarily to hang out and we want to go to church because we're believers. And so Randy and Lisa Tucker, like befriended us. And I mean, like, I'm pretty sure the day, day one, and they were like, Hey, we'd love to take you guys to lunch. Like right now, you know, instead of like invite, like, you know, next week, they're like, Hey, right now we're going to lunch. You want to go with us? And the friendship and the relationship that brought like, like the church could have been unbiblical and crazy and terrible. And we would have still gone because of the relational connectability that we had with them. And eventually my wife actually lived with them uh, for free Wow! for her uh, senior year of college. Like they wouldn't let her pay. And so Amazing. not only did this relationship begin with, and then they ended up doing our uh, premarital counseling I mean, just so, and all they did was just like, they were worshiping Jesus together mm-hmm. with their family. And next thing I know, you know, I, we're, I'm going out to the suburbs every weekend and they got mad at me when I didn't bring my laundry. Like, mm-hmm. like, where's your laundry? I'm like, uh, you know, like, no, seriously, like you better start bringing your laundry. And so anyway, just, and all they did was where I was a college student and I met these people and they're willing to invite us into their lives. And they did. And it was the most God honoring thing I think I've ever seen for me, at least in, in the context of the church and how they've cared for us. And so I love that you uh, desire that um, BJ um, for our people to worship Jesus like crazy. What, what's um, kind of a thought I had here? Like what's most difficult about college ministry stuff right now? Like, you know, you know, we're getting it ramped up or whatever. And, but like, what, what can be the most difficult thing um, when it comes to ministering and caring for and biblically loving college age folks right now? I mean, it's always different. Culture's changing, you know, and just, but like, what does that kind of look like right now? I think one of uh, the things that I see that like I, I struggle with a little bit is that um, they're coming out of high school or, you know, having this transition and they are struggling to know whether their faith is something that they actually believe or Mm. if it was something that they were conditioned into, which is like, you know, you just go to church and it's just routine. And now you're in a situation, you're not with the same people that you have been for forever. And you're having to do all of these new things and it just gets pushed to the back. Mm. Um, So I think that's, just like getting them reeled back in um, is sometimes kind of difficult to be like, hey, Jesus is really cool. Don't forget about him. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a busy time and you're you're changing in every way possible. So. No, absolutely. That's yeah. good. I, I think that there's the the part of college ministry that's difficult is just the, the amount of options that you have. Hmm. There's this these these forks in the road everywhere where you could you could veer off and go these different routes and these different paths and and i think that it's the it's the season of making those choices like you Mm -hmm. were saying megan like that they are coming up on those forks going hey which which route do i want to take at this particular juncture yeah and and so college ministry becomes one option of a hundred different options Mm -hmm. that they have and and Sometimes there can be, um, you know, paralysis through analysis and trying to figure oh, out, man, man is, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, so I'm just not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think that we have to be, be insistent that, 
hey, we, we value you as a college student. And, and that's the one thing I want to say to any of the college students out there is we value your worship, your heart for the Lord, mm. your passion, your des- desire to, to serve and, and how God has uniquely wired you and your generation to be leaders within our church. Yeah. Because if, if we don't throw that idea out there, then they might not know that it is an option, but on the other side, um, we're going to be thankful for whoever God sends our way. And and so I'm not, I'm not going to get caught up on being the, the largest college ministry, or we're not going to try to focus on building just huge numbers. We're going to focus on taking the people that God gives us and, and asking them to love Jesus, yeah. asking them to model a love for Jesus and asking them to invest in others. And, and we think that that's going to produce leaders in our church that when I see college aged people, I see the future leaders, the, mm-hmm. the future pastors and ministers and directors and elders of our church yeah. there in that group of people. And, and I want to give them opportunities to grow into that. And so yeah. uh, that's, that's what, is difficult is, is helping them see that, but mm-hmm. from, from about 10 steps back. For sure. Yeah. Oh, and it's been great. I mean, Megan's been a part of that process and, mm-hmm. you know, and her journey in life here and, and seeing a lot of other people. And, and that's one thing I do appreciate a lot about Austin Oaks. Like we, we are very much a church that tries to drag as many people to become leaders mm-hmm. as possible. I mean, you know, and, and we're growing in it, in it and in a lot of ways, and it's it's really fun to see, um, especially when a college student embraces it and it sticks mm-hmm. and they're like getting after it. And it's uh, it's one of the most life-giving things uh, to see and to be a part of. And um, what, what, what is maybe a couple of things that God is doing in the life of this, the college ministry right now? And I, I'm sure there's a lot of things that could be said, but, but like just give us a couple highlights of kind of what God is doing um, in this particular ministry right now. Um, I think that just um, the relation, the relationships between just like everybody there um, from the get-go was, I mean, I love the way that BJ set it up. The first couple weeks, all we did was um, share our our testimonies and our life stories and like what we feel like God's doing in our life. So that just like set this really beautiful foundation to like, be able to just like dig in the word like Mm. relentlessly and like without any filter and just be open and transparent. And that's awesome. um, Yeah. It's it's just really cool. And now we've added um, the graduates um, coming in and the college students that were there before have this foundation to like let them come in so we've already have this like really nice built that we're able to like open up Mm. um and have them come into it and it's not all like weird and awkward because yeah it can be at times you know yeah it's all weird and awkward when like new people come but yeah uh, it's really great i love it yeah it's awesome yeah weird and awkward is always going to be a part I of love, most I love ministry. weird and awkward. In my adult group, there's weird and awkwardness. And I'm like, we are grown people here. I, <laughs> I 100% believe, and then I, I developed this theory in middle school ministry. Mm. I go, uh, awkwardness exists. If you fight through awkwardness, on the other side of awkwardness is relationship. Amen. Yes. And so, oh, amen. So, like, 
I, that's not just true in middle school ministry. Oh, it's no. true in every ministry. Fight through the awkwardness, and you'll get to relationship, and it's going to be great. So, oh, that's so good. That's yeah. so good. Um, I so maybe I'm a little bit more cynical than than Megan over here. Um, we've met three times. Has it been? No, it's been more than that. It's been like about five. F- four or five. It's been about was, five. It, it's been about four. Because I was gone for one week. I think it's five. Uh, Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. It would be four. It's been four. um, And it's been really cool seeing the growth. Um, If I had to put a number to it, I think there's been 2,000% growth. Yeah, Um, buddy. Uh, That being that we started with Megan, (laughs) which is one. Hey, hey, that's all it takes, baby. Just one. And then if you go to two people, that's. That's a two hundred. That's a hundred percent growth right there. Yes. So oh, yeah. um, we're doing pretty good. This um, is perfect if, for percentages. Um, if you're talking about, but um, like at the end of the day, I don't know what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I don't have a clear picture of that yet. But I'm yeah. excited. Like yeah. it's, it's really cool to see that people are enjoying being together and and some of the things that that Megan was saying. I'm like, yeah, that was awesome. And I'm just going, all right, Lord, wherever you lead this mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. we're going to be satisfied. We're going to, yeah. we're going to thank you for the work that you're doing there. And, and, and we're going to pray for more. We're like, God, we, we hope, we hope that we see depth and we hope that we see, uh, people coming to know you because of that. And so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fired up about it, but I, I can't give an accurate answer. No, like, yeah. God, I know everything you're going to do here. Thanks a lot. So. No, for sure. Which, you know, it's a humbling thing. I think oftentimes it, it can be easy, especially for me. I tend to do things without praying about it or even sometimes seeking the Lord on, which is terrible and sinful in any and every way you can think about it. But just just being okay with like, we're just going to be faithful and whatever God does, we're going to be okay with that. Like mm-hmm. that's, I think that's a humbling thing. Worst case scenario, well, um, you may be better than what Jesus did because there was only like, 11 left when he he was a terrible church planner so uh there's only like 11 of those mugs you know around when he was gone so um you're doing better than jesus did bj i would i wish you wouldn't say that i don't like that very much so um um, i'm gonna just say thank you jesus for all that you have done yes and all that you are doing and Lord, I please do not strike down Lucas here. <laughs> there, he he may, he may. Why why have a college ministry? Like you know, some people could be critics, which is fine. Like, but like when it comes down to it, um, like why have a college ministry be part of our church? Yeah, oh, I love this question. By the way, why have a church then? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I mean, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's a command of Jesus mm. that that Matthew 28 says that we are to go and make disciples. Yeah. Right. So, so why do we have a college ministry? Because we're supposed to go and make disciples. And, um, I, I actually love this because, um, college ministry is not a mission. Mm. Missions ministry is not a mission. Everything that the church does is a mission. Yeah. Like every individual within the church has a mission and that mission is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it's go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit, teaching them to obey all that I command. And, and behold, I've, I am with you to the very end of the age. Yeah. Right. And, and every person is called to do that. It's not like one person gets to participate in church and not do that. Yeah. And it's not like this one person is like, well, their job is to go do this. And so 
we are doing it. It's everybody has this mission. And so everything that we do as a church is to accomplish that mission. And so by investing in college students, we are actually considering that making disciples of all nations. Now, I think uniquely in this, that there is this question that we have to answer, like, how are we caring not just for the people here, but the people around the world? Mm. And we we see this in the scriptures in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, this unique period of time is when we are sending children that have grown up within our church to different places. Yeah. It might but not be to the ends of the earth, but yeah. it's it, it's like it's not the Jerusalem. Austin is our Jerusalem. That's the city that we're we're in right now. And then we're going to send them to Judea, which is the surrounding country. And so we are sending missionaries. We are sending people on a mission to make disciples to the rest of the world and if we have this season of the summer to develop them and grow them and, and then send them out, then praise God that we get to yeah. be a part of that mission as a church. And, and so um, every church is about this. Every uh, every part of our church is about sending these people in a, on a mission. And so whether it's generous giving and, mm-hmm. and how we're supporting people around the globe or it's generous giving and how you're supporting the college ministry that's about to send people or whether it's generously giving and serving and investing in the lives of children and, and high school and middle school students, you were preparing them. You were on a mission, sending them to the ends of the world with yeah. the message of Jesus Christ. And I mean, it was even modeled in Luke one, when Jesus sent out the 72, he sent yeah. out 72 of his followers He's like, hey, you're gonna go before me, and you're gonna you're gonna go proclaim my message to the people that are there, and then they went out, and then they came back to Jesus, and they were like, hey, Jesus, like this is what awesome stuff happened, and that was in verse seventeen, and this is what happens with our college students; they go mm-hmm. out to wherever they are, and hopefully they are sharing the gospel, getting plugged into to places, uh, seeing transformation happen, and then they come back and they report back, and we get to go praise God that. This is what happened. Yeah. That's that's what that's why we have a college ministry. That's the exciting yeah. things that 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 I love to see within our college ministry. So Yeah. Which is uh, a joy to see and be part of uh, from an outside perspective, I guess. And just yeah, I'm I love it how BJ, you don't uh, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't seem to distinguish in in, in, in all of our conversations, but you, you don't distinguish like middle school and high school ministry and college ministry for, separately from the church. Oh. And, and which I appreciate a ton. Like I deeply appreciate that like crazy. Cause I mean, in scripture, it, it's not divided like that way. And, but also I think there's ways to particularly serve people, you know, that in specific seasons of life and all that. But, but when it comes down to it, the, you know, and you keep quoting the book of Acts, but like it includes everybody in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I love that about you, man. I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, um, most of the followers of Jesus were, were teenagers, you yes. know, they were the ones going and changing the world. They were the ones that were being invested in and then investing in others. And so, um, I, I think that the, when you look later in the, uh, some of Paul's letters and talks about leadership within the churches, it's like elders are supposed to invest in younger people. Like yeah. the older women and the younger women are supposed to be invested in like, it's, 
it's something that the church doesn't distinguish anywhere within the scriptures. Yeah. Um, and, and I value that we would see all of us as one church and, yeah. and, and it's exciting because I actually see that happening here and, and we get to, we get to be a part of that. And if we are going to be a church here in Austin and I'm, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but like we are, our goal is to reach the next generation that's going to require every generation. It yes, requires it is. every generation to reach the next generation. And, and so like that, that's our job. Like our biblical role is to, is to proclaim the story of Christ. So that the next generation might meet, know and follow Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and d- just to be very specific about that, like everybody has a role in that. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if you're a kid yeah. You know, like when the book of Hebrews lays out that like we are priests because of our relationship with God through Jesus, like, yeah. and not in a, in a, like a Catholic sense, you know, that w- how we would normally think about that, but like that we've got the spirit in us, like God can use us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if, you know, uh, I think of, uh, uh, Hagen's, you know, baptized both of his kids, mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of months or whatever. And I'm like, man, and I remember having his daughter on my basketball team and I'm thinking like, okay, here, here's Sarah, she's a believer and. And we're in upward basketball and like God use her, right. you know, as in her age. And that applies all the way through. And so what, and this is really a little off topic, but like BJ, how would you, and even Megan, you too, uh, but how would you guys encourage folks to not be idle? Because it's easy. Like let's, it's easy to get idle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it, you know, and I don't necessarily think with age matters, like there's some, some very idle middle school, high school, or college age. I mean, I think there's some very idle, busy adults and even grandparents. Like yeah. it's easy to be idle in our pursuit of Christ, but also in our involvement of, of embracing and trying to fulfill the Great Commission. So what would you say, or how would you encourage those who are maybe idle right now or on the fence or just there's too many options, I don't know how to get involved. Like what would you guys say to encourage them to like, let's Let's be the church and let's get after it together, no matter what phase of life you're in. Uh, I would say, like, first step, just find a small group. Like, doesn't matter what, I mean, again, like, what age you're in, just, like, in a small group. Before college ministry, I was in a young adult small group, and um, it was really, really valuable to me at the time to just, like, stay connected and um, honestly become more part of the church uh, since young adults is a little bit, um, I know we try to like make youth ministry next gen, um, a part of the church, but, uh, that is still something that we're obviously struggling with, like to keep it all as one, um, or have, I guess the congregation feel as though we're all one. So, uh, I jumped into that, you know, young adult small group and, uh, I was like, Whoa, this is like a whole new world out here. Um, but it's so, so important. And so, um, valuable to just have people like rooting for you and being Mm. like, Hey, let's, let's get together. Let's actually talk about like the stuff that you, that you, um, you shared on Tuesday night. Like I want to help you through what you're going through and like, you know, and then I'm out there talking about my youth ministry and it inspires, you know, them to be leaders in youth ministry. And then, you know, it all just comes full circle and it's really cool. Yeah. And I, th- I think um, it goes back to th- remembering what, what Christ has done for you, right? Like oh, that, I think that's the, we can't ask people to, to get to work without going, hey, the work first started because 
Christ yeah. laid his life down for you, yeah. right? It's not a, it's not a, Hey, go do this. And that'll really be beneficial for you. Yeah. It is a man like Christ loved you so much that he gave his life up for you. And, and now in a response of love to him, like what would, what would you be moved into action to doing? And, and maybe like, it's just going to worship right now. Like if you haven't been participating in, in worship as a, as a congregation, then I, I invite you to come take that step. And, yeah. and exactly what Megan said too, get involved in a community that's going to help you help point you back to that love of Christ. And then from there, like for those that have been a part of the church, those that are here, like whether you you're in your eighties or whether you're in your teens right now, where is a place that God would say, Hey, I am called to invest in somebody else. I am called to pour my life mm. into somebody else so that the next generation would, would meet, know, and follow you would worship Jesus. Right? Like, and, and so like, if, if you're in your eighties right now, who your knowledge is important oh, man. Yeah. To, to our church. Like, how can you pass your knowledge to somebody else, your love and affection for Christ? How can you learn about the previous or the early, uh, the younger generations and, and see what God is doing there? And then that caused you to worship Christ more. I, I think yeah. that there's going to be that result. And then, mm. and then in, uh, like, if, if you're a parent, like, how are you investing in younger parents to show them what it's like to, to live as parents that follow Christ and want to see your, their kids follow Christ? And if you're a teenager right now, where are you pouring your life into others? Are you pouring it into your friends? Are you pouring it into children's ministry or, or something like that? There, there is always a way that we can all participate mm-hmm. in communicating the truth and love and affection of Jesus Christ to the next generation. And I think it just takes what's one step. What would be one thing I could do yeah. to make that happen? What, who is one person that God would put on my heart that I could just go meet and have lunch with and hear their story and then say, God, what, what would you call me to do next? And, and I think that if we start seeing that across all generations at our church, then, then we're going to see some radical change. We're going to see some significant growth yeah. that the Holy Spirit is just going to be moving like crazy because of, of this fire out of a love for Christ that we're going like, hey, my role is to invest in that person. My role yeah. is to love that person so much that they would follow Jesus with their whole heart. So, sorry, yeah. no. went off a little bit there. No, it's great. Because, I, th- I mean, it, it. you know, we need to, all of us have a role. We've all got giftings, and the Lord uh, wants to use us. It, the, probably the biggest fear I have is that God will overlook me because I will, I'm not being obedient to him, and he'll use somebody else to do what he wants. And I, and I, you know, and I'm not saying that he's not sovereign and all of this, but just it's, it's always in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, God, help me to be obedient because I, I don't want you to say, well, I would love to use Lucas right now, but that mug is being lazy. So I'm going to, I'm going to let somebody else be able to do this awesome thing. Um, and I don't have a Bible verse to back that up, but it's just, it's a, it's a, a healthy fear for me just to be reminded like Lucas, like you got to. Be obedient um, so that you're ready for when the Lord has things that he specifically wants you to do. As long as you don't see it as a competition. I do not. No. God, God used me and not you. No, no, no. no I, uh-huh. I don't. I, I don't. Uh, not a competition. Just out of uh, more of a uh, just I'm humbled by the fact that God would want to use me. Yeah. And I want him to use me as much as he can. For um, sure. But um, 
you know, what would, and you hit on this a little bit, but um, like what would be the goal and the desire for the college ministry that a part of our church? This is something I actually wrote down. Um, and like, what, what would I want to see? Um, and I would want our college ministry to be a place where uh, it's a training ground for spiritual growth hmm. that, that people would step into that, that age and go, Hey God, what do you want from my life? It's yours. My life is yours. How do you want to grow me? The next one would be uh, that they would learn in how to intentionally serve others, mm. how they would pour their life into others. Uh, the third one would be that they would develop a passion for discipleship. And, mm-hmm. and so not just serving, but uh, taking the spiritual growth that they've received and now pouring into others. And then, and then the last one would be, that those people in that ministry would be, uh, it would ignite a passion uh, to care for and serve those that are far from God. Mm. Like that, that they would be the the next generation of evangelizers to present the truth of Jesus Christ to others in, in a loving, caring, and humble way. And so um, that's that's what I wrote down about it. Like that's yeah. that's the one I was like, I, I need to make sure I read that one, <laughs> not mm-hmm. not shoot off the top of my head. No, no, that this is great. This is awesome. How does this ministry, the call ministry, kind of fit into what the vision that you know you and the other pastors and key leaders and elders of our church have? And we talked about it a little bit, but I like I think it's important for us just to be clear. You know how this how it fits within where we're going as a church. Yeah, um, over the next five years, uh, like we've we've made it very clear that our desire is to see uh, the next generation reached uh, for the gospel. That that we want to to be the movement uh, in Austin, Texas, to to see the next generation be captivated by Jesus Christ, to to be so in love with Jesus Christ that it transforms everything. Yeah, and and that means that there are going to be people that that accept Christ, that the people that are going to be baptized, people that are going to um, just pour their, their everything into what God is doing. And, and what's amazing is that this last year we've seen that happening all yeah. already. It's, a uh, there's been 42 baptisms in the year of COVID. Like, I mean, that is remarkable to me. I, I haven't been a part of a church where that has happened in, in that short of a period of time in my 17 years of ministry and it's happened in a season where things were shut down. Mm-hmm. And and so God is at work here. And so we believe that God is actually giving us favor already and moving towards reaching the next generation. But for for college ministry, ministry in particular, it's going to require some things. We must be willing to learn about the next generation. Mm-hmm. We must be willing to, to like know who they are, but not look down on them for how they are different than us, but we must be willing to learn what is God doing in this next generation going, what are the good things that we see in who they are? Not just pointing out the differences and the bad things that we think that there might be there. And then two, we we invest in them intentionally. We, we pour our lives out and, and we're saying anybody that's, under the age of 40 right now are the people that need to be invested in Hmm. and from elementary all the way through college and, and then out of college in their twenties and thirties. We think that those are the people that, that our church really needs to be investing in. Yeah. And then the last one is that, that we must be willing to 
uh, learn from the next generation. Mm. And that means that we are going to put them in positions of leadership and put them in positions of, of being able to, to direct and, and create in ways that we might not be comfortable with. And we're going to need to, to like, you know, hold them accountable, but listen to them and learn from them and, and let them have experience leading. Yeah. Because if we don't do that, mm. they're going to find leadership somewhere else mm -hmm. and, and God's going to use them. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be willing to learn about the next generation, to invest in the next generation and, and learn to, and listen to right. uh, learn from and listen to the next generation. No, that's awesome. Make it in your experience to put you on the spot here. Would you, would you agree that that, that that has been like the heartbeat and desire that BJ has expressed has kind of been what you have felt, you know, I mean, and I'm not asking you to, to speak for all college students for all time or whatever, but just, you know, God's uniquely wired you, you're part of our church. And would you agree with those things? Yeah. I think that, um, I just like love working with BJ because he's so intentional about, I mean, he like sets these goals, right? Like he knows what he wants to get out of, um, out of what he's doing. He has a, he has a purpose behind everything that he does and, um, he does it well. Uh, I feel all of those things. Um, I feel very valued and I feel like my voice is heard and, um, like I'm not being trained to be like y'all being the older generation, right? Like I'm not, I don't feel pressured to be, um, to be and think the way that y'all think. Mm. Um, I'm just like free to have my opinions and like learn from y'all and hear y'all as well. Um, and just like, I don't know. I love, uh, all of the differences that we have and the fact that we're able to just be like, Oh, that's cool. I've never even thought about something like that. You know, like I just, it's super cool. I love working with BJ. I think he's, these missions are beautiful. And I think it's so, so true that, um, I mean, when you think about it, like next gen is the future of the church. I mean, yeah. literally, uh, if you stop investing in them and you stop listening to them, there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. The church disappears. Yeah. I mean, Thanks, Megan. I'll Venmo you later for all the nice things that you said. <laughs> Great. $200. I please, want you to you. know that I had to consciously think about not saying I'll write you a check because <laughs> nobody writes checks anymore. Actually, I had to get my first check the other day. Your first Whoa. check? Whoa. Yeah. How, 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 well, you don't have to say this, but you're in your early 20s, correct? I am 20, turning 21 this year. All right. First check. First, First check, check at 20. Wow. Well, like, didn't receive. Like, I bought yeah. my own checks. You had to, you, yes, I, I understand okay. that. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited um, about it. Well, but I had to consciously that's awesome. not use the language that I'm comfortable with <laughs> to then use the language of Venmo, which I was like, oh, maybe that's cool and hip for the next generation. So cool. You're doing great. <laughs> yes. Now, it. for any college student listening, just do you want nice to tell them what a check is, Megan? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little piece of paper that is money, but it's not money. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's a, a, it's a promise of money. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. That's funny. Uh, so uh, about to wrap up here, like any specific ways that the church, when they think about uh, college ministry here, the, how could they be praying for for uh, you guys, the leadership, and kind of what, what God's doing? Like how, how can... the 
how can our folks have your guys' back and be praying for you guys? Um, I think just praying for, you know, fellowship between all of us. That's just like the most important part, I think. Um, Because from that, you know, all of these goals of leadership and stuff like that is, it just comes out of it, you know, like it's, um, so just fellowship and uh, that we'd be able to um, spur each other on in faith and just grow roots here and, you know, everywhere else, like BJ was saying, uh, like going off into colleges and being able to pour into people there as well. And even into our, you know, middle school and high school ministry that, um, our high or our college ministry would be able to pour into the rest Mm -hmm. of the church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a job in reaching the next generation Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. They're part of it. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I love that. I think that's a really good point, Megan, just that unity would be the term that mm-hmm. I would kind of, mm-hmm. that, that God would create a unity in that group of, you know, people that are, that are different, that people are, that, that are, ha- have been in college and then people that are going into college that mm-hmm. that's not always the easiest mesh right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but God's already had some favor in that. And so I'm super fired up about, about what he's doing. And so like that he would continue to, to produce unity there and, and then he would allow us that you could pray that he would allow us to adjust appropriately mm-hmm. with the changing seasons of college. Yeah. Yeah. So wh- I don't know what it looks like in September, yeah. you know, like yeah. when, when the, the graduates go off or the people who are home for the summer go back to school. Like, I, I don't know what it's going to look like then, but it's going to look different. Yeah. And so I hope that, that God would still produce the same environment that he's produced thus far. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's exciting to me. Um, but at the end of the day, that that you could just pray that we would celebrate what God brings to us, whatever that looks like, as long as we're accomplishing the mission mm-hmm. of of making disciples of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and and I think that that if we just pray that that's the the culture that we create within our college ministry, we can say it's a success, mm-hmm. whether it has ten people or whether it has a hundred people. Like that's that's the success that I want. You know, you said it earlier, Jesus only had 11, but those 11 were good. Yes, they They were were disciple makers. Those mugs were good, dude. And so that's what I'm hoping for. I love it. I love it. And if, uh, if there's somebody listening that wants to get connected to possibly to be a part of the team in terms of, of leadership and helping have your guys' back, or they're interested in being like a college student wanting to be a part of the college ministry, where would they find those details? Are they on the website or they need to con like the website, get your email and, and message you BJ. How, how does that work? Yeah. Just go BJ at Austin Oaks church.org. Yeah. Um, or you can go on the website and find it from there. I thought it was BJ dot Ferguson. It can be either one. Really? Yeah. I'm, no I'm way. Totally cool. I got a really Whoa. short one. <laughs> I wish mine was short. It's so <laughs> long. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you guys uh, being willing to come on and chat about college ministry stuff, and I'm uh, eager. Oh, I'm so eager. It's it's fun, actually. I've I've met a good amount of folks that are still at our church that like got saved and married in the college ministry like 30 years ago, 25 years ago, like at 35th and Red River and all that kind of stuff. 45th. Sorry, 45th and Red River. Um, sorry. Thank you for correcting <laughs> me. Um, I mean, I think of like the Collins family, Sean and Leslie Collins, they got like five kids now and mm-hmm. you know, their, their kiddos are in our ministry and stuff, but they met, yeah. 
I think of Derry Cannon and Cat mm-hmm. Cannon and yeah. just anyway, and those are just a few that I know. And so I'm yeah. like, yeah. so you know, God worked in their lives in that season, and I mean, they're I mean, they've influenced and shared the gospel with more people than I could ever count. And so it's yeah. um, it, all that to say is I'll be eager when I'm 75 and looking at like how God's using the things that are taking place now to uh, influence His church and build his kingdom so Amen. it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun so Amen. well thank you guys so very much thank you thanks for joining us today on the house on fire podcast please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today and we'll see y'all next time <laughs>